Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Slash Filmcast After Dark, the after show for the Slash Filmcast. We talk about a variety of random topics. This week, what we're going to be talking about today, uh, we're going to talk some shop about our top 10 episode. And then Jeff has a topic that he has not shared with me. And then we're going to be reviewing Soul, uh, which let's just say we're going to be full spoilers for Soul and you should watch the movie because it's a very good movie. Um, But we'll be talking about Soul as though you've already seen it. So, uh, all right. So that's what's in store for us today on uh, the Slash Filmcast After Dark. If you want to support the Slash Filmcast After Dark, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash film podcast starting in 2021. That'll be the only way to get uh, After Darks. We, we are going to do one more episode with After Darks uh, that's going to be released for free to everyone. Uh, and then after that, it's going to be After Darks for patrons only. Uh, although we might occasionally release one into the main feed, uh, still working out the details of that. But patreon.com slash film podcast uh, and join the other 1,100 plus folks there uh, who have Ooh. decided to. Uh, the best to make, yeah, to mm-hmm. make our dream a reality. Okay, so uh, let's talk shop real quick, just for a couple minutes about the top ten episode, guys. Um, also, we have a guest in, here. Yeah, right no, that's right. Uh, oh, oh yeah, yeah sorry, uh, yeah. Chen Bui is still here, I'm uh, just <laughs> hanging out, <laughs> hoping you wouldn't notice. Yeah, no, she's still Dave on the recording. Dave with Dave with the warm welcome to the guest. Yeah, thank, thank you. Oh yeah, thank you. she's still here. Oh, she's still here. <laughs> I thought we scared her off with yeah. the Wonder Woman bashing. <laughs> Slash film writer and critic Kwai Chen Bui is still here. Thanks for joining us, and we're Thanks really grateful she decided again. to stick around for the soul uh, discussion. Um, but uh, okay, really quick, wanted to top shop, shop with you guys. Uh, the top ten episode. It works best when we each pick 10 films and write a, a couple sentences at least about uh-huh. what we thought about each film, uh, like write, write them out in advance. And then also um, uh, there's other categories that I was thinking of releasing. Like I was thinking we should release them as the After Dark for next week mm-hmm. uh, to everyone um, because the top 10 itself is going to take probably an hour and 45 minutes by itself, right? Um, so we can release the After Dark separately. But the other categories being... Um, most like movie we didn't get right yeah. like most overrated film movie they didn't get mm-hmm. most underrated film biggest disappointment and uh the and by the and uh one of my favorite categories favorite film of 2021 <laughs> <laughs> which uh gonna be a lot harder to choose this year yeah. uh, mm. but anyway uh, so those are kind of the categories. I'll, I'll send I'll send those to you guys. Is for uh, biggest the, uh, disappointment, can I just put twenty twenty? <laughs> <laughs> just all of the, it. And y- yep, go ahead, Domingo. No, sorry for next year. I wonder if we should uh, we should leave room for uh, just like a bet on the industry. Like what what is going to mm. happen? Yeah, where, where, where we are we going to be? Yeah, where are yeah. We be? Um, how many how movies be? will like, we have seen in yeah, theaters? <laughs> that's a great. That's a great. Yeah, that's a great uh, thing to kind of uh, guess on. The other thing, by the way, that we I just want to make sure we resolve on is, um, uh, in the past we've experimented with different formats mm-hmm. where like. <laughs> it was just idea that like so ht have I mean, you it's been, been on years like, since my that i proposed that idea and you still give me shit about it <laughs> yeah okay so, so ht have you been on like countdown episodes right like have you counted down top five or top tens of things with with pe- uh, people on a podcast before oh like ranking remember. episodes yeah, yeah we've, ranking we've episodes. done that with uh with slash film daily and uh they they tend to descend into chaos and yeah, bloodshed yeah, yeah. So yeah. so Jeff had a very reasonable idea a while ago, which is like, it's kind of a bummer when 
like my number five is your number three, right? And so like I choose number five, I talk about it, we talk about it, we talk about it. And then later on you get to number three and it's like, well, we already talked about it, you know? So it's like- But that person stole- ranked it higher and they therefore theoretically love it even more. So it yeah. should sort of be their movie to talk about, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Do you guys stole, stole share your, so- your rankings beforehand? Cause maybe that would- well, No. Well, that was Jeff's idea was like, okay, so before we didn't share the rankings, right? And then so Jeff's like, let's share the rankings. That way, if someone has like their number five and it's someone else's number three, they'll just say, my number five is also Jeff's number three. We'll talk about it later. That was Jeff's idea, right? I, by the it. way, by the way, I stole that from a board gaming podcast called The Dice Tower, where they do that every time. Yeah. And I think it works well when they do it. Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Um, Not a bad idea. So we, we did it. And A, it was kind of awkward the, the year we did it. And B... People really were bummed because there was something about the frisson of <laughs> us not knowing what each other's choices were. Like that that was yeah. a critical component of the podcast I, was like I, I kind of agree know. here, by the way. Yeah. It, it is funny that Jeff, the proponent of the unsullied life, <laughs> is just out here showing top ten lists all over the hey, place. Wanna, <laughs> it is it was easily at least four years ago when we tried this experiment. And I don't know why you keep bringing it up, but I, just a I was reminder. Fr- totally happy with letting that idea go. It just seemed to work well on this other podcast that I listened to. But yeah, I, yeah. I understand like the idea of what's your number one and then, uh, you know, it's shocking. That's fun. I also understand people were saying that like remembering what somebody else's right. five, it, it's just kind yeah. of hard. It's and, like yeah. my number five. Oh, oh, my number three is Jeff's number five and Devinger's number nine. You know, it's yeah, just like, yeah, it's, 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 it was clunky, but but so this year, I think we should continue with the we don't tell each other jack shit about our lists. Yeah, I agree. Before we do it. Okay, cool. All right. Well, that is decided. I'm glad right, we have to litigate that idea every year again. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right. So, Jeff, you have an After Dark topic for us. Today. Yeah, I know. I kind of miss our slash film court where we adjudicate film related topics for the audience. Uh, and the reason we haven't done one in a long, long time is they're we don't go to movie theaters and most of those <laughs> yes. had to go, had to do yes. with going to movie theaters. Right. But I, I miss it. I loved that segment. I had fun doing uh, the slash film court. And so I have something that happened that feels like a slash film court, even though it has nothing to do with movies, <laughs> but I wanted to propose it to you because, uh, there's this person I know, let's just call him bluff. Uh-huh. And mm. sounds Blef, like, a, sounds like an asshole, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can be the judge. You'll be the judge. But Blef, uh, Blef had himself a, a lovely Christmas morning uh, where uh, Blef and Blef's family, uh, they unwrapped many packages and had many uh, Amazon boxes that uh, had to be broken down and, and delivered into the uh, the recycling bin. But the thing about recycling bin is that uh, you know because of holiday schedules there was no pickup of the recycling bin and so it was already full and here we are on christmas morning with uh you know bags of of discarded wrapping paper and boxes and things that were clogging up the house and it would be several days before the uh i i really don't like where this is going but okay really (laughs) go ahead yeah i i think i know where this is going but go ahead okay so so bluff See, he lives on on the street with other people, mm-hmm. and there's uh, there are other recycling bins mm-hmm. that are not full. His neighbor's recycling bins, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so Bluff goes, no harm, no foul. 
the, these are already on the out for the, on the streets. I'll just put our, these are not, it's not soiled food. It's not stinky diapers. It's just recycling, wrapping paper mm-hmm. and, yeah. and so, boxes. So Bluff, so Bluff went and asked his neighbor for permission before no, no, using no, no. their property, right? No, 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 no. It's not their property. It's the city's property. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a question before this anecdote continues. Um, is Bluff uh-huh. the evil counterpart or is he just another counterpart? He's just this guy I know. Just okay. a fellow I know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and what? So, Ble- but the thing about Bleff's wife is Bleff's wife had an issue with this. Uh, <laughs> Bleff's wife said that's that you don't do that. And I, I well, I mean, not me. I, I will let you guys decide. But Bleff, see, Bleff feels like this is a victimless crime if it's a crime at all. Not a, not even a crime to Bleff. The idea of you. The the neighbor has put the recycling bin on the street, meaning they're done adding to the recycling bin, and their recycling bin is half empty. So Bluff's little bags of harmless wrapping paper can just easily go into the neighbor on the street. It's on the street. It's out on the curb on the street. So uh, my question to you is: What do you think? Do you think Bluff is justified in this? Is, is, is this an okay thing to do? How much? How much did Bluff fill up? I mean, the rest, the rest of the bin. <laughs> oh, just one bin, or like multiple bins? You, There's you just one, one bin. recycling bin. You I get see. one okay. bin. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hey, let's start with HT. Um, HT, do you want to weigh in on Bluff's crimes or lack thereof? Well, I think I think Bluff had the right idea in mind, but he should have gone through the proper channels. Yeah. Really, you you as a as a neighbor would want to get the knock on the door saying, "Hey, can I put some of my wrapping paper in your gar-? like that's that would make you feel good as a neighbor?" Sure, uh, yeah. Because a neighbor. What if what if I'm planning on using that space for something that you don't know yeah. about? What, what if all of a sudden I have all these other boxes and I go out to my yard and I think, "Oh man, my my recycling's half empty." Have you ever gone to your trash can or recycling, opened it up, and seen someone else's shit in there? It (laughs) feels like a violation. You mean literal shit? No, that would be like yeah, that would certainly literal and figurative. It feels like a violation. Why? Why Why would that feel like a violation? So you're saying if you went out there to your, if you were like, oh hey, oop, forgot one last thing. Let me head out there. You go out there to drop something off, and it's full of someone else's crap. You would not feel weird about that. I'm I'm really honestly trying to answer that, and I I yeah I feel we live like in a society, Jeff. And, uh, <laughs> in a society, I feel like if, if listen, if if the trash can was like on their property, on their side yard or something, and I walked up onto their property and put it on, that I think that's that's a step too far. I think once it's on the street, <laughs> it's now now it is a public trash can. For use, it's uh, it's, it's not anyone. a public trash can because they have to take care of it. They have to bring it in. They gotta replace it if uh, something goes wrong. So, and I, I agree. Public. I would never throw my kids' dirty diapers in it. I'd never yeah, throw yeah, like yeah. food waste in it. Anything that could potentially but soil it's or a slippery slope. <laughs> yeah, it's a slippery or slope. Bluff. Slippery slope. Bluff. Yeah. Yep. It's maybe at one point just wrapping paper and boxes, but mm-hmm. what's the next step? Yeah, <laughs> it's a gateway. Like first, You're saying you Bluff start... gets addicted to, to using other people's <laughs> trash You hands? start by like planting evidence at the scene of the crime. Next thing you know, you're uh, pulling an people? Armenian money train heist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just think a lem. That's all. You have to think a lem. 
<laughs> All right, so uh, I, I know people will disagree. I think a lot of people feel the way Bluff does, no, a.k.a. This is a, have a complete way, disregard for the rule of law. <laughs> yeah, but, well, This, this um, is something I'm dealing with myself right now, actually, because this is what, what you're talking about right now is a suburbia law, Bluff. Like that that's yeah. really what's happening here is like how do you how do you maintain peace with the the neighbors next to you? Um first of all, I have my neighbors' phone numbers. I can text them if anything's up. Like uh so I it's pretty easy. Like it's it's that's a useful thing to have. But my neighbors are actually are just getting some work done in their house and they got this big old uh you know, the, those big like um remodeling trash bins, you know, those giant dumpsters on their yeah. on their driveway, and they're like, Hey, if you want to dump anything, uh feel free, just throw it in. And we're like, Okay. And um that was super helpful because they gave us permission to do that. And we were able to clear out a lot of stuff from our backyard for, or from our garage, from the move and everything. Uh, what I've learned is that a lot of suburban life is just living with trash, right? It's just stuff that cannot <laughs> fit in. You can't fit into your, your one, your one allocated little recycling bin. Uh, you yeah. must protect it and you got to fill it up as much as you can. Cause otherwise that trash has to live over, you know, overflow till next week's recycling bin. And then you always have too much. There's always too much. So this I, I think what you're trying too to much. say is you ruined this person's Christmas. You ruined it. Um, so absolutely. And, and by you, I mean, bluff, of course. I don't want to I mean beat bluff. a dead horse here, but I, I do think that the idea of like knocking on the door and then opening it and being like, hey, do you mind if I put this bag of wrapping paper in your trash can? Them going, sure, is one thing. But if they go, no, you can't do that. Then then, then what's that you situation? Don't, then you maybe don't maybe do you're a considerate human being and uh, yeah, accede like, to their wishes. Yeah. Now I hate them. Like, what, <laughs> what, what possible reason would you have to deny me? Uh, yeah. uh, hey, maybe Bluff. I was planning on using that. Maybe yeah. you have I'm no idea on... what my inner life is. Bluff. <laughs> I'm yeah. planning. You have no idea. Have garbage Bluff. space. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea what I want to do with my life. You put it. You put it on the curb. Putting it on the curb means I am done with that. I have put it out on the curb. It is out of my. Oh no! I, I sometimes add I put things on the, the curb preemptively. Bluff. Yes. 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 I put I this on the curve the and I'm like, hey, I intend to put something later there. Okay. Mm -hmm. Anyway, wow. speaking speaking of things going into vessels they don't belong, let's talk about Pixar's soul. <laughs> that is a good Very transition. Nice wow. Nice. Good segue. <laughs> All right. So as we're gonna we're gonna spoil soul, but let's I, I want to hear from HT, uh, who's been such a good sport throughout this whole episode. <laughs> She did not um, expect this. Not yeah. at all. So, so, yeah, I can't so say HTO. I quite relate to suburban troubles that much. <laughs> <laughs> but I empathize. What did you think of uh what did you think of Soul? Oh, Soul is great. Um, it's such it's definitely the most ambitious, most interesting, most exciting movie that Pixar has has released. And but it's also one that the latest one of Pixar's releases that I was like, huh, it feels like the people at Pixar are going through something right now. <laughs> yeah. They're always going through something. Always. Yeah, there's there's so much um, dealing with the existential in this movie. And Pete Docter revisits some of the, those ideas that he explored, for example, in Inside Out with Soul, but in a way that still feels fresh and interesting. Um, my only complaint is that like there's so many ideas in this movie. It's like bursting to the seams with the ideas. So mm -hmm. it, it feels like so, in that way, very unpredictable and exciting to watch, but some point I was wondering what its central sort of question was, what its central idea was, and I did get I I was really moved by like what it explored 
about the idea of everyone having a spark, something that inspires them to live. And that inspiration for life coming from some new soul was really exciting. Um, but And like there are so many twists and turns in the how it, it explores that because it – it is like four movies in one. There's uh, the afterlife movie that feels very reminiscent of Coco. There's the beginning of the film that is so musical and lyrical that feels very much like a riff on uh, Fantasia, especially the rhythm and blues one mm-hmm. from, uh, se- segment from Fantasia 2000. And then like there's the body swap film that um, is the majority of the movie that uh, becomes really intense and uh, uh, high stakes in a way that felt maybe very anxious uh in especially it felt it's literally life or death gems yeah. in a way yeah <laughs> and i was like wow suddenly pixar has become it's it's a movie that transitioned to so many things uh which i liked but at the same time was just like so taken aback by and i have to say i do not love body swap movies and i especially want to point to the fact that this is a film that kind of plays into the uh, practice of putting people of color, like uh, minority characters Mm -hmm. in these body swap roles. And it's something that has been done so many times that it's become almost a tired trope. And it's been criticized for taking this, these minority characters who already very little, have very little screen time as it is. And, um, sort of putting them on the back burner for some fun animal hijinks. I do think that Soul manages to not fall into some of the traps that that trope has been known for. But I also, I just have a personal dislike for those. Um, so that part I didn't quite enjoy, but I really liked the ideas that it was playing with and the really abstract parts that it plays with as well in such a fun and weird way. So I really like Soul. It was um, such an I, I can't say unexpected because Pixar always delivers, um, but it's one that that goes beyond um, just the uh, easy emotional hit points that Pixar can can do in their sleep. Yeah, emotional yeah. hit points. I uh, love it. Love it. <laughs> uh, Devinder Hardware, did this movie hit your emotional hit points? Uh, it uh, yeah, it certainly did. Uh, critical hit, I'd say. I don't know. It's a uh, <laughs> death blow. It, Fatality. Death blow. Death well, yeah. Um, this this movie hit me certainly in a lot of ways, and I love it when you know when Pixar goes deep, and it's something they've always been known for. But Pete Doctor, especially, right? He will find some way to just break your heart, and in Up, he did it in the first what five minutes, ten minutes, like he just did it immediately. Inside Out kind of felt like that too, as an exploration of like anxiety and depression. S- this movie, like, basically, this is him saying, "This is my life." philosophy right it's like i've figured out the meaning of life and i have created a movie to kind of represent it and it is something that i fully fully kind of gel with um this movie kind of has a lot to say about the value of your life and how you value yourself and what you do and maybe you shouldn't be defined by um the achievements you're aiming for or your hobbies or your job like there's a lot more to define you and this movie kind of goes deep on that um, so I love all that about it. It certainly hit me at the end. Like this is a movie I'll be thinking about for probably for, for a while. And when we say like Pixar movies come from them just going through things like, yeah, as I'm approaching, you know, older age too, like it is a, uh, it is a thing I'm thinking about like the value of my life. Am I where I wanted to be at this point? There, there's a lot of things to think about there. Um, 
to what you were saying, HT, I think this movie is also at the same time, uh, kind of, uh, this is Pixar's get out, you know, (laughs) this movie is, this movie traps a black character in a cat and has Tina Fey of all people. Uh, that was the real slap in the face. That was that the real was slap, the slap in the face. In the face. Yeah, yeah, because if it was Tina Fey, but yeah. we've talked about this before. I, you know, I've always been iffy with the way Tina Fey deals with race. Uh, I had mm, to stop yeah. watching uh, Kimmy uh, Kimmy Schmidt. Kimmy yeah. Schmidt. Kimmy Schmidt. I had to stop watching that show because there was a point in that show yep. where they they just like had um, Titus, I think, dress up in geisha costuming and just say to the audience, "I can take whatever I want and do appropriate whatever I want." It is insane to me that kind of she ends up in this place where she is get outing jamie fox's character and also also kind of doing the the dances with wolves thing where she's living his life better than he can yes you know yeah that kind of that kind of got to me it's so is that not appropriation yeah yeah well yeah it's a it's a lot of things it's also at the same time kind of a you could almost say it's avatar-esque yeah you know it's very avatar-esque it's funny because a lot of these problems just wouldn't exist if if it wasn't tina fey if it wasn't a white person in the role it is one of the most baffling decisions sorry 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 i'm just agreeing with you so hard um it is it is astounding yeah but all, all that said when i was watching this movie my law professor in uh college used to have a phrase he would say he would say like are you getting a blank tingle like he would which is like does this remind you of this thing (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and there is a scene in this movie where they arrive at the place of lost the 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 zone as it were it's like you can see everyone who's in the zone here but if they're in the zone too much they become lost souls and at that moment i got a jeff tingle i don't know why got a jeff canada tingle and i texted jeff separately like jeff i really feel like this is going to resonate with you Mm-hmm. Um, so my question, Jeff, is did Soul resonate with you, especially in uh, what it had to say about following your passions and perhaps following them too much? It's an interesting thing how many people <laughs> texted me got, about got this movie. Jeff, got are you okay? Are you okay? It's a little, <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know how to, what, to, what to make of it. I mean, it, it's a movie about a 40-something failure <laughs> who did never never achieved his dreams or or is immediately it's because you know jeff to get real which we sometimes do on the after dark right like yeah uh, you have described yourself at various points as a failure right like you you have used that term i think publicly so i hope i'm not blowing you up here i don't think um, publicly but fine okay uh, so, sorry the, no it's fine <laughs> it's, true. This out? it's 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 demonstrably true um the uh I don't know if you remember, but many years ago, you and I talked about doing a film project together, and you asked me about uh, w- ideas about what what kind of movie I would want to make, and I said I, w- I want to make a movie about failure. You know, like that's fascinating mm-hmm. to me, and I think this movie is about it in a lot of ways. And I think yes, it 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 has a I think um, hopeful and rosy place that it lands but i don't but i kind of like that the fact that the movie like it doesn't actually show him making a decision right it doesn't actually show joe uh coming to this place of deciding what his life is about it just shows but him it's, sort it's of a, a realization and yeah it's a realization but he doesn't actually there's no we don't get the you know the typical disney pixar ending you know yeah, it, it is yeah. there's there are more questions in this movie than 
than you usually get with these films. And I like that. Um, mm -hmm. I, yeah, I mean, I, I really like this movie. I think it's kind of the spiritual successor to Inside Out in a lot of yeah, ways. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think it's yeah. as good. I, I do think, I, I agree with HT that it is, it's kind of weighed down by so many interesting ideas. I like, I love the sci-fi angle of it, but honestly, I kind of wish it just been a movie about Joe. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I, I that first section, it's only, I don't know, 10, it's 15 10 minutes, minutes long. It's 10 yeah. minutes that we get of Jamie Foxx actually being in Joe's body. It's yeah, the best part of the movie. Like I just mm -hmm. want to be in that vividly realized Pixar version of New York City. Run down New York City school. Like it, mm. It is a lot of that feels very real. And it's so beautifully animated too. Like yeah. wow. So beautifully animated. Oh yeah. I mean, honestly, I had forgotten. I mean, I think I knew that there was like that that sort of soul uh animated, you know, stylized character. I think I'd seen that in an image somewhere. But like when he falls through the thing and ends up dead, it was genuinely shocking to me. I like forgotten that and I was sad. Like I don't Yeah. Not yeah. sad because the character died, but like I I wanted to spend more time in that world. Like the mm -hmm. You know, Pixar famously is all keyframe animation, right? It is, it is actual animators animating. It's not mo-capped. And I don't know specifically that this movie wasn't, but I suspect that's still the case, right? They they don't mo-cap. They, they animate in a very traditional Disney style. And the way all of the music in this movie, when we are with the real human characters, is animated, the fingers on the piano, the fingers on a saxophone, the hands on sticks on drums, it is incredible to watch. It so is good. Yeah. so evocative and so powerful. And it really celebrates that movie, or me, movie, celebrates that music in a way that like La La Land wanted to, you know, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. it really achieves that love of jazz. It permeates the first 10, 15 minutes of this movie. And I, I felt like, yes, there's a lot of great ideas. Yes, I'm a sucker for sci-fi and fantasy ideas and the expression of them. And this movie does them really well and fun and clever. But I kind of wish it had just been a much more traditional movie about Joe and his dream of becoming a jazz musician because I just had so much fun in that element and like seeing that style of animation and th that vivid expression of this populated world of real human beings and you know, when we get to when we get to hang out with him and go to the to the barbershop and go to his mom's place, like all of those sequences in the real world are so much more fun to me and more interesting than any of the, you know, before life or afterlife stuff, which was still cool. I just it just felt like not not as not the movie I really was excited about at a certain point, which is really strange to me because usually that's the kind of stuff that I'm much more interested in. Um, but the music and the kids and the, like his life, all that grounded reality stuff just felt so well done. And it, it, I connected to it. And of course, you know, it is about a guy who is in this place in his life that you don't really see movies made about, you know, this kind of guy is a little older than most movie heroes or central characters, protagonists. And he is at this crossroads and I, I did, I did connect to it. I did, um, relate to it, of course. Um, yeah, you get he's to a point a in your punchy. life. He's uh, he's yeah. no Steve Trevor, right? He's so. no Steve Trevor. <laughs> no, I want to, I want to add to that, uh, Jeff, because I really agree with you. I think that this movie, 
it's not unfocused, but this focus mm-hmm. on so many things. And I think it would be even stronger if it honed in on the stuff about Joe and his story because it is threaded throughout the film. And I do like that he gains a better appreciation for his life now is by having that new soul inhabit his body and having that whole escapade. But I think that it really misses the mark by I don't want to say misses the mark. It kind of misses the mark by uh, having the <laughs> climax of the film, the big emotional, big action climax, not be about Joe, but be about um, number... 22. 22. Four, yeah, yeah, 42. Uh, was it 42? Yeah. Um, 20, 22. 22, 22. Sorry. Number 22, uh, have, becoming a lost soul. And yeah. it. I feel like that was played more for like that big dramatic climax, less so than it was about what the film was trying to tackle, like the themes it was trying to tackle. Yeah, I I, also, I kind of feel like Pixar felt this, I mean, obviously I'm imposing my outside view, but it, it feels a bit like they felt constrained a bit by being a animation studio for kids, mm-hmm, right? Like, mm-hmm. let yeah. this be a movie for adults. I think it would have been really cool to not worry about wacky characters on a, on a ship yeah. and... You know, goofball. Um, Jamie Foxx is a cat. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. All that stuff. And and I say that, and I think it all works in the movie. Like it's it's not bad. It's 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 just. I feel like there's another movie sort of covered up by that stuff. That is this much more adult, interesting take on midlife crisis and uh, uh, art and what it means to be an artist and the love of music and all of that stuff that could have been a really mature film, uh, even in the Pixar animation style and would have worked really well. I think it would have been beautiful, but I kind of feel like it, it feels the need to have big action moments and these wacky characters and all these, these great ideas, which are all good. It just, it makes me a little sad for the movie that it could have been. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? I I think as a counterpoint, I, I feel like this movie still feels kind of tight though. It's like, it's, it's a, it's an hour and 40 minutes. It's not super long. I like the visualization of the, you know, the pre, I don't know what they're calling it, the afterlife or the pre-life stuff, but the, that whole, the stairway into the beyond and just like infinite blackness around them is yeah. a really gorgeous rendering of what, like, you know, what the great I, I beyond would be. I terrifying, by the way. <laughs> it is terrifying. <laughs> it, when they get yeah. to the, when they get to the yeah. light, they just like blink out of existence. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, it, it is like, it's, just, it's the opposite of a black hole. Right. And you were just walking up to it. And uh, the way it looked on my TV, too, by the way, like great, great. If you have a good TV and something that shows off HDR really well, like the contrast of that is just so, so bright. And I kind of like even outside of that, too, like the uh, the pre-soul area, the sort of like abstract art they go for for some of those characters, especially all the different counselors who are a lot of fun. Um, I found that yeah, fun. That like, stuff we don't was, spend that a lot stuff of time was awesome. Like it was it kind of this good. combination of 3D and 2D. Uh, yeah. yeah. Abstract. Mm-hmm. That, that was delightful. It was very yeah. Picasso-like. I loved mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. But uh, so Jeff, it sounds like it sounds like I guess the movie didn't resonate with you in the way that maybe me and many of your friends thought it might. Um, <laughs> no, it did. I mean, it did. It did. I just... Um, I mean, it, it wasn't as, I, I, certainly I think Inside Out is a much more powerful movie to me, um, on that level. And I, I, al- I also feel like, I, I don't even want to say this, but it's a bit pat at the end, you know, like, yes, yes, it's about all those moments. Yes. That's what life is about. 
but also he did achieve his dreams, right? He did do the thing he'd always sure, wanted. Sure. And I kind of don't buy the fact that he would walk out of that thing and say, okay, what's next? And she says, we do it all again tomorrow. And he goes, oh, I, I honestly feel like that's the best thing that you could say to that guy is we get to do it all again tomorrow. Sure. But that, like that's, that's I, what, I think that's the crux of it, right? Is that instance where he is like, I think normally, yeah, in any normal, any normal movie, every, anybody would be like, yeah, I'm game. Let's do this forever and ever and ever. This is what I've always wanted. And I, I've had this happen to me where I get something that I've always really wanted, either professionally or otherwise. And you get it and you're like, oh, well, that's that's nice, I guess. It feels nice. Yeah. It feels nice to actually have achieved this. But that sense of like unfulfilled fulfillment is a very peculiar thing. And I think this mm-hmm. movie captures that. I think it, right. that is a real thing. It, it, it's just hard to convey. Yeah. I had an acting teacher who used to call it divine dissatisfaction. Yes. And oh, I love it, that. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it, it is something that I think about a lot. I mean, it, it, that is the drive that keeps us going, right? Is that, yes, I have this, but I want more. I mean, <laughs> I'm talking about <laughs> Wonder Woman 1984 a bit now, <laughs> but, but I, th- I don't think the... I don't think that I want more is always bad, right? It's not, it's not a, sure, sure. it's not, it, it, I, I don't know. I think that there's different as a different thing between realizing that life is special and the moments between the big touchdown dances are special and never having the touchdown dance, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's a different thing in a movie to like say the character has gets the touchdown. They achieved, they scored, they did the thing they've always wanted to do. And they also realized that the world is special in other ways, or they never achieved the thing they wanted to do. Right. It's it, that, that to me is, I think a bolder narrative and. Yeah. If, one, he, if he had never really gotten go. to, if he didn't actually get to play at the end, I think that probably would have been a stronger movie too, where he just had to deal with the fact that okay maybe i'll never achieve this thing but that's okay because right. i'm i am contributing to the world in other ways sure right it's interesting okay so the thing that i was reminded of when i watched this movie was this interview that Raphael bob walksberg gave to mm-hmm. the verge in 2015 <laughs> Raphael bob walksberg is the creator the before of before times Horseman. in so many ways yeah <laughs> The question was asked of Raphael Bobo. He's the creator of Bojack Horseman. And he said, mm-hmm. the question is asked to him. Ultimately, it seems like the overall message of this season of the show is life is about hard work. There are no lessons, no happy endings to be had necessarily. To which Raphael Bob Waksberg responds, I don't believe in endings. I think you can fall in love and get married and you can have a wonderful wedding, but then you still have to wake up the next morning and you're still you. Like you can have the worst day of your life, but then the next day won't be the worst day of your life. And I think it works in a positive and a negative that all these things that happen are moments in time. And that because of the narrative we've experienced, uh, we've kind of internalized this idea that we're working towards some great ending. Mm. And that if we put all our ducks in a row, we'll be rewarded and everything will finally make sense. But the answer is that everything doesn't make sense, at least as far as I found, end quote. Um, and it's beautiful. Uh, yeah. I and I, yeah. I, I like that. The idea that like, basically you can achieve the greatest thing you've ever wanted to achieve. And you're still the same person after that, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that I thought the movie brought out really well. Uh, to me, there's some interesting decisions the movie makes. One of them is that it, it depicts like this idea of the zone. And it's just like, we've all been in the zone, you know, like, and it's so amazing that the movie kind of grapples with that idea. Like when you're doing something that you love, 
time doesn't seem to be passing as normally. You're just really just like uh, creating in a way that just is extremely fulfilling and exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and but the movie says like, hey, like d- if you do that too much, uh, you actually become this monster, you know and uh, I, I think that's like an interesting message for the movie to have. It's not like, yeah, get in the zone. Like that's what you want to do with your life. Follow your passions. You know, the movie's not saying that. It's saying, hey, if you follow your passions too much, uh, you'll become this horrifying creature uh, that is almost impossible to rescue. You'll become you know, like, a Reddit troll. Oh, right, right. And and I really, I really like that it's advocating for this idea of balance. That mm-hmm. that um, and and to the point about the ending. Um, and like whether or not he should have gotten what he wanted, uh, I don't know. I disagree with you guys. I think that the idea that he got what he wanted and it wasn't what he thought it would be—it yeah. honestly reminded me of Leonard Shelby in Memento. You know, he's yes. like, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> he's like, but the time that I actually kill my wife's killer, it's gonna feel different. <laughs> and like that's almost literally a line he says. And then uh-huh. he discovers, spoilers for Memento, it doesn't. And this is kind of a realization that many people need to make like the things mm-hmm, that they've mm-hmm. been working towards their whole life when they achieve them it leaves it leaves you as the same person you were before mm-hmm. and that's like a bold um somewhat depressing message to have for a film like this for sure, um, for sure. but it's one that i think is very <laughs> valuable and it's one that i think that like goes along with the whole you know enjoy the moments between the moments mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. also about like finding balance in your life go ahead jeff i agree with all that i don't disagree with all that any of that but i do think that in in the terms that this movie is establishing his life because of that moment is indisputably improved Right. If we are to believe that he is not happy as a uh, teacher and he his mother does not approve of his artistic life because she doesn't see value in it, we see that she goes and appreciates him finally. She sees his talent. She sees him making money doing it. And theoretically, he would now not have to be a school teacher because he has a consistent, well-paying gig doing the thing he actually loves instead of the compromise. Now, I understand the movie is saying, well, he also got things out of his interactions as a school teacher and there was value there and these, these are the things you see and I'm not disputing that. But I do think that the movie is trying to have its cake and eat it too. And, I, and, and to me, well, I feel like... It, yeah, go ahead. go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 no. You got. Yeah. You got. Well, I was just gonna say. I was gonna say. Uh, the other, the thing I was gonna say that the movie doesn't come down on is like, I don't think you know at the end whether he takes. Yeah, a you job don't. Or not. You purposefully right. don't. Yeah, and right? I like that. I said that at the beginning. Yeah. I, I like yeah. that, but I feel like the movie gives him, uh, get, like, literally lets all of his problems be solved, and. I, I just no, don't. It's, it's an existential okay, crisis. It's I, one I would say crisis it replaces his previous problems with new ones, right? Yeah, like that, and his that's previous life. problem. Yeah, his <laughs> previous problem was I'm not making any money. My family doesn't recognize me. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Like, he, yes, all those problems are solved. But the new problem is, oh, this is what I'm signing up for. Oh, mm-hmm. like this, mm-hmm. which like in many ways is like less fulfilling than my teaching job. You know? Yeah. Oh, this thing that demands the most of me every night, and like after after years of doing this, will likely feel the same and become boring. You know, like. Uh, possibly mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it, it, it replaces the old problems with new problems. 
Yes. Uh, in my I agree. I think that's fair. I think that's yeah. fair. I think that's fair. I just didn't, in that moment, didn't buy that he would see it that way. Yeah. But, 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 but. I, th- I, think I think it's fair. I think he's come to like a new understanding in some way yes. of what his purpose is because when he's speaking to the people running the great before and he's asking about that idea of behind the spark and he conflates spark with purpose and they say mm-hmm. a spark doesn't equal purpose in life. There's not like people aren't – it basically comes to the conclusion that people aren't born into this world to do one thing. And right. that's something that he has to contend with now that he has – he he has been chasing almost like a false goal, a false dream, not a false one, but one that he thought was his own entire reason for being. And now there's so much more to it than that. And I Mm -hmm. think that that's a really interesting thing to, to grapple with. I don't know if it comes to a conclusion about it, which is interesting. Um, But um, yeah, I think, I think it, it has, it has a great like start of like a idea for that. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Like I loved this, this the one. the quote about the ocean and the water. I yes. thought that was uh, yeah. gorgeous and yeah. beautifully executed in the movie too. Yeah, this movie isn't very explicit about a lot of things, and I appreciate that because, especially even in Pixar movies, I think sometimes they can hammer those themes home. You don't really get that here. It's a lot of things that the big emotional scene, you know, where he's replaying what Twenty Two did in his body and those realizations of seeing a family, you know, across the street, catching the leaf falling, like that's all, it's just all visual, right? It's not telling you anything. Uh, while we're talking about this, by the way, can, can I just say like the whole, like the people, the counselors setting up all the baby souls, how messed up that whole situation is because they're <laughs> yeah, just sending it's... psychopaths to earth. And they're like, maybe oh. we should, uh, maybe we shouldn't do that. I, I was expecting a, a patented Dave Chen analysis of the ramifications <laughs> of this fictional uh, premise. Uh, it's, it's oh, kinda, yeah. It's kind of messed they, up. Definitely, yeah. the, they definitely produce Hitler up there, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And they're like, whatever, you, that's Earth's problem, you know? Somebody, somebody produced <laughs> Stalin up there. Yeah. It's, it's literally a line of the movie, that's Earth's problem. <laughs> that's Earth's problem. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah they're very um, amoral up there. Speaking in, in of there, interesting yeah. implications, I wanted to touch on the idea of the zone being the same place where people can become lost souls. And it made me think of um, some of the people who were already lost souls there or maybe like began not completely as monsters, but maybe people who entered that realm through depression or anxiety and that being equivocated with being in the zone and being Mm. in that high and that high being the same as that low, low. Mm -hmm. What did you Mm -hmm. think of that? Well, what what did you? It sounds like you're saying that is a damaging equivalence, right? Like the way you're describing it. I don't want to make that like that assumption immediately, like that connection. But it feels like it's like making sort of some dangerous, not dangerous, but like some crossover in terms of that of in terms of comparing those two states of minds. Right. Mm-hmm. I guess I would say that my interpretation was not like this is where like lost souls are not necessarily all depressed people. Yes, it is like a yeah, subset yeah. of depressed people, right? Or it is a subset of people who are are not mentally well adjusted, um, where like they became too obsessed with the their true love in, in life. And and so the, the, how, how do you feel about that, HT? How does that sit with you? I think what that's fine, that? but I feel like I wish that there had been more of a. Uh, addressing of 
that I because when I thought when I heard of that realm, I was like, oh, that feels like a place where people enter when they are depressed or dealing with those kind of dark thoughts. And seeing mm-hmm. it sort of being crossing over with um with being in the zone felt a little bit odd to me. I don't know. Maybe I, I wish that there was more address to it, but it just kind of uh became like this wild territory. So that was just my sort of um my thoughts as it was unfolding. That's only one way you can become a lost soul, though, right? Yeah. It's, my understanding was that there's multiple ways. So I, I think it's a, a bit tempered by the fact that's that's merely one cause for ending up in that place as a lost soul. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'll just say that, uh, yeah, I really love this movie. I I cried during it a couple times, like not not in the not in the places I thought I would. You know, like there's no like um, you know first five minutes of up in this movie yeah. like uh there's nothing that's like that w- was clearly meant to be a gut punch uh, we should by the way call out that i think the the music is done by <laughs> trent Reznor. trent Reznor. Ross, yeah along with, uh, jazz the jazz of uh, the yeah. j- jazz of uh john baptiste i think is yeah, yeah i don't think he, i don't yeah. think trent Reznor no, think he, and atticus he, uh, yeah, did any of the jazz Re- uh, Reznor and atticus ross like worked specifically on the music of the before and after like that abstract right. area which felt a little bit more synthetic and experimental which feels more like along their lines yeah yeah no it's, it's but the the blending of all of it is very beautiful in my yeah. opinion yeah um the jazz but, uh, the way the jazz is expressed in this movie i just fell in love with that part of it beautiful. So yeah i wanted i wanted to call it I, I had this moment while watching coco right um where you see the guy the uh kid playing the guitar doing the fingerings and i'm like i've played guitar before i'm like those fingerings are correct mm-hmm. pixar does more to make sure their characters are accurate than like many films do with live action people, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's, incredible. It's, it's really impressive. So I'm just like, when I'm watching people play instruments, I'm like, I, I have full confidence that what they're doing is musically accurate. Yeah. But there's that the, shot when he first walks in and sees what's her name? The, the Dorothea? amazing. Yeah. And, and it, it like, she's lit in this incredibly evocative way where you kind of see her silhouette or not yeah. silhouette, but like profile. Um, and then the the camera sort of pans down the length of the saxophone as she's playing it, and like all the movements of the the valves in each section of the yeah. saxophone are authentic, and where her finger it's just like so it's it's like music as sex, you know? It's beautiful. It's amazing. It's, <laughs> it's so good. It's definitely the most sensual that Pixar has ever been. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Um, This movie really resonated with me uh, because it's about a guy who dies or thinks he's going to die before he achieves what his life's dream is. And as somebody who had a potentially life-threatening incident last week, uh, it it really – and who, you know, is into some of the creative arts, uh, it really resonated with me and reminded me that there are things more important than your dreams. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that's really what I took away from it is like there are Beautiful. things more important than your dreams. And like even even if you achieve your dreams, like there's still things that are more important than them, you know. Um, so it felt like a weird uh, one two punch with Wonder Woman 84, because in both movies, it's it's a sort of about like relinquishing your dreams, you know, and and giving up this right desire to have something but they handle it in such different ways, you know, but it, it was a strange back-to-back viewing experience for me because mm-hmm. both of the, both of them are kind of the anti 
movie, right? Movies are all about, you know, La La Land is all about like, yeah, right. but then you get everything you've ever dreamed. You know, it's like yeah. Willy Wonka ending. What what happens then? But then you live happily ever after, you know, it, Charlie. And then uh, it, it, that's kind of what Hollywood movies are. And then here are these two movies back to back where it's like, no, it's about understanding that, that what you want is a fool's errand. You know, it's like, I, I will yeah. say, by the way, uh, th- that, that is sort of the ending of La La Land, but mm-hmm. La La Land is but, not an entirely happy ending, but we, we keep talking about that movie. You, you know, Jeff, you're also reminding me that yeah. this weekend I watched a two-hander starring Jamie Foxx and a white actor set in an uh-huh. urban environment that featured in-depth discussions of jazz music, a deceptive visit across town to Jamie Foxx's character's mother, and a couple pivotal scenes set in a nightclub. Love it. But enough about Michael Mann's collateral. Let's wrap up our review. <laughs> Let's wrap that it up. Comes, uh, that comes in, by the way, from... Uh, who is that coming from? Um, uh, at Joaquin Quinoa on Twitter, who sent me that... Uh, great handle. Yeah, that's great, great one. Yeah. Can, can I mention one thing? What? Just one more thing. Just Close to really this out. This is the last the sentence, because we're keeping HT way sure, too sure, late sure. right now. <laughs> I just want to say, like, just pointing out, once again, that this is uh, Pixar's Get Out. There's a point in this movie... Where one of the like one of the counselors kills a man, kills a random black man, just kills him. The wrong guy. The guy dies. He is aware of this. He comes back to life. The counselor uh, chides him for his bad food taste, like just really judges what he's eating and lets him go to let that guy just just live his life having experienced death. Like it is. And the movie is very clear that he is scarred by this. He's scarred for life. It's like, oh man, this is hilarious. Except, uh, this is, this is literally everything wrong happening right now in this country, but okay. Uh, Hilarious. Such a good point. Such a great Uh, call out. That that scene also literally looks like the sunken place as well. It does. Um, does. Anyway. uh, All right. Well, on that bright note, soul, it's great. Check it out. Um, and also, thanks, HT, for sticking around. I know this went a little bit longer than we th- we said it would. That sometimes happens. But check out HT's podcast, Trekking Through Time and Space. Find it wherever podcasts can be downloaded. We'll link to it in the show notes as well. HT, thanks for joining us for the After Dark. Thanks so much for having me again. And this was a lot of fun, even if it was a little past my bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate Staying you staying up. up. No All right. Problem. And uh, thanks, everyone and th- out there. We'll thank you, patrons. You yeah, thanks to patrons. Patreon.com slash phone podcast. We'll see you next week.